0: Welcome to the New Wave Entrepreneur, where we dive headfirst into Web 3.0, personal sovereignty, spirituality, and psychology. These conversations are unfiltered access to brilliant minds and actionable advice that will repair you for the rapidly changing world. So jump in. The water is warm and the tide is rising. Welcome back, my friends, to today's episode of the new wave entrepreneur. I can't wait to dig in with you today. We are talking to my friend Neil Hock. You know, Neil's story is so interesting because it really embodies the flavor of my whole line of thinking through my rich 20 years, through the rich 20 era. And the whole idea was quitting your average job, you know, and starting a business that you really Enjoy. And Neil has done that, but he's done that in the Web3 era. This is a guy who basically said, you know what? I'm not going to do what's expected of me. I'm going to go out on my own. I'm going to figure out cryptocurrency, learn to become an investor, and just create my whole life around that. And it actually worked out for him. And so he's going to talk about how he did that. He's going to give us some background on basically what it's like to use DeFi tools, cryptocurrency banking tools, To grow your money and some different things you can do specifically today. So I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. Uh, And before we get to that, a couple. And before we get to that, a couple important announcements. The first one is if you look on my Instagram at Daniel D Piazza, you will see that my account has recently been, I guess, restricted, or there've been some some blocks, some shadow bans put on top of it. I got a message earlier this week that said that. uh, Let me pull this up here. Due to Due to continuous policy violations and posting false, uh, posting false information, my account will be restricted for up to 90 days. What does that mean exactly? I'm not 100% sure. I think that has something to do with my post regarding, do you think the China will smash the United States? And, uh, you know, I posted some pictures of mushrooms before. I don't know exactly what false information they're, uh, they're purporting for me to have posted. However, obviously we know that this is becoming a more and more you know, a censored uh, place to interact on these social media platforms. So if you are, if you're not following me on Instagram, please go, go ahead and do that. We need to get that channel pumping as good as we can. And I'm going to put a, a backup account under my current Instagram profile so that you can go and follow that account and just build up something else while we have the opportunity to do so. The next thing is, this week is a very important week. We are kicking off a new wave workshop on friday december 17th and it will be going from friday to saturday uh, september 18th this is the workshop that you should be at if you want to learn about cryptocurrency if you want to learn about uh, web3 blockchain if you want to understand the changes that are happening so that you can take advantage of these new surges in money and technology and skill rather than just wait to become a consumer of the products in the back end that's how i frame this entire new wave getting to the front of it and, and so those tickets can be purchased on, uh, any of the blog posts that you'll see these, uh, these podcasts go on. They'll also be available at newwaveentrepreneur.com forward slash workshop. So you can check out the event there. Uh, we're going to have six guest speakers, six incredible guest speakers, including a few members of this podcast, like my friend Hillary Lee, uh, like Neil, who will be on the show today. And so there's lots to look forward to this week. So make sure you, if you get your tickets, uh, now you can get a seat. All right. That's all I got. Let's drop it in the show with my friend Neil Hawk, my friends. Welcome back to another incredible episode of The New Wave Entrepreneur. As you know, on this show, we're talking about the confluence of technology and culture and how all of that is leading to us uh, being capable of living more sovereign lives. Sovereignty probably isn't a word that we talk about on a daily basis outside of maybe this show. It's something that is almost uh, nebulous. We wonder, what does it mean to be truly sovereign? Well, in my perspective... Sovereignty really just means options. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have everything uh, free in all areas of your life, regardless in, of having any type of central authority. There are some areas of centralization that are useful for us. For instance, I wouldn't want to be making my own clothes. I wouldn't want to be uh, making my own cheese. I like the centralized aspects of my cheese production, but there are other areas of our lives that could do with a little bit more decentralization. I've told stories on this podcast and on my social media about some specific events in my life where I just felt like I got the short end of the stick with the banking system. And there are many things that are happening in banking and big business and the way that these powerful web communities have been built, these powerful web companies like Google, Apple, Facebook, Amazon, have all been built where the centralization of these elements has led to great convenience, but it's come at a cost. Especially in the banking industry, we found that between the fees, between the overt control and the real fact that we don't actually uh, have control over our money, well, there there are some risks to living in a world where the only way to transact our values through these institutions. And today, we're going to have our very first conversation on this show about DeFi, also known as decentralized finance. My friend, my brother, Neil Hawk, is here. Not only is he a mastermind when it comes to everything crypto DeFi, but he's also a jiu-jitsu blue belt like myself, uh, which in the jujitsu scale really ain't shit, but I encourage you to try it for yourself.
1: Uh, Neil, welcome to the show. Oh, Daniel, thank you for having me so much. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, happy to be here. Well, I, uh, it, it's crazy that, um, that we've
0: both been training and getting our ass kicked for so long. And people ask us, Oh, what rank are you? And you say, you're blue. And you're like, they're like, Oh, what belt is that? And we're More like the second belt. <laughs> yeah. And they're all impressed yeah. with
1: it. And it's like, no, um, I'm basically no. an undergrad that struggles. <laughs>
0: so yeah, 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 I'm, I'm an undergrad and, uh, I'm hopefully going to start applying for master's programs. <laughs> yeah. That's where I'm at with my jujitsu career. You have a very interesting story because I don't think that anybody well first of all, how old are you? Thirty, right? Thirty, yeah,
1: thirty this year. Okay. Would oh. you
0: you turn thirty in twenty twenty two or in twenty one? Uh
1: twenty.
0: So you so you turn oh you turned thirty last year?
1: Yeah, so so I will be thirty-one this year. Correct, correct.
0: Okay, okay. So well what's interesting about that is that nobody up to this point has gone into their professional career thinking. I want to specialize in crypto or DeFi simply because it's such a new industry. And I'm curious if you could bring the listeners through your thought process and how you got here.
1: Yeah, I'd love to. Um So essentially, I uh was studying architecture for the past four years and really that was kind of going to be my bread and butter. And uh, I had this whole set plan of what I was going to do and who I was going to become after uh, university, um, a very linear path that had been set out for me. And so I took, I embarked on that listening to, you know, the voices that were the most reputable and the authority figures. So it made sense to follow that. And so I did so. And going through that process, I kind of noticed that I had a little bit of uh, unfulfillment, or there was some sort of lack of connection, even though I really did love the uh the uh, content that was being taught. Fortunately for me, I a friend actually had mentioned crypto to me, and it was funny because the day that he had mentioned it, literally the day before that, I had set up my first Coinbase account, and this was in 2017. So. It kind of just blossomed from that point on. I just had more conversations with different people and just took reading, uh, learning on the internet, YouTubing things. And yeah, basically from there, I kind of transitioned into this strange place of, uh, I have this big opportunity right here, but then I'm also on this, uh, basically this set path that I'm supposed to take. And I was in this very strange position, which way should I go? You know, with everything that's going on right now, I'm just, I'm fully on board with this crypto thing because I see the potential and what it's given me and others around me. So I just want to, I just want to deep deeper into this, give it to the world and grow world the to world together.
0: Well, I just want to say, I, I think that one thing you might be underestimating is the fact that so many people have been in your position of having a path that has been either laid out in front of them by culture or by family or by an expectation that they have of themselves. And then they're confronted with another opportunity that feels more in alignment, but then they're scared to take that leap because it doesn't follow the way that they'd seen their lives going previously.
1: Can we talk a little bit more about that decision point in your mind? Yeah, absolutely. Um, was definitely not an easy decision. A lot of, uh, pushback from the powers that be. Um, but the point where I, uh, really figured out that this might actually be something tangible as, you know, something that I want to do for the rest of my life was actually. You know, when I got introduced to you and, you know, you put this NWP program out, I was absolutely blown away when I saw, uh, your posting because it, it legitimately was a one-to-one for me. Jiu-Jitsu, crypto, and plant medicine to, you know, explore the unexplored and, and heal what hasn't been addressed and, so, conversating with you, it just opened my mind to this new world that I never knew would exist for me. <laughs> like, legitimately. Okay,
0: first of all, we just so everyone listening, we didn't plan that. I didn't. I didn't feed him that line. He saw. <laughs> okay, this gives you some context. We're talking about NWP, which is called the New Wave Protocol. It's a small group program that I work with people, and over six months as a team, we do basically deep dive on Web three and crypto. We learn self-defense. We learn, uh, shooting. We learn emergency first aid and we go in deep on plant medicine, spirituality. But I didn't, I, we didn't, we didn't discuss that beforehand. So you chose to say that. (laughs) Okay. Uh, well, well, good. But I think, and I think that really goes to show that there are, but you, there was a clear decision point for you where you're like, okay, I see now that there's an opportunity here and I don't want to let this pass because I feel strongly pulled to, make a change because it feels in alignment with what I want for my life.
1: 100, 100% this, this crypto stuff, this blockchain stuff is opening up a world. I, like I said, I never thought I would be a part of, and I'm so fortunate and grateful to be a part of this. Uh, and I want to give it back to people because what's, what's all of this knowledge and growth it, for myself. Uh, I want to see other people thriving with the same, the same, like in this from the same situation. So
0: well, let's well, let's dig into it. I mean, let's dig into it. Like, we're on here talking about decentralized finance today. What the fuck is that?
1: So, decentralized finance, in a nutshell, is the exact opposite of what our centralized banking system currently is. At least, that's what the aim is. So, all of the inefficiencies, you have to wait three days for a transfer to go through, you have to talk to this person, um... There's fees that are ridiculous. Sometimes you don't even know about the fees and they come up later. All of these things make for a very troublesome experience with the banking system. Your your own money, uh, your own hard work, your own blood, sweat and tears. Why should all of these walls and barriers be put up for your own sake? Like this is all of the value that you've developed. Um, so for me, it made sense to really dig into this and try to understand this thing because if if we can start to uh improve these inefficiencies i mean the entire world is going to benefit so i just wanted to talk about like a little bit of the systems that i've kind of used to take advantage of this new wave and yeah just go from there really um go for it okay so uh Maybe should I talk about a little bit how I got into investing in crypto or just go straight into DeFi?
0: Talk, talk, give, give us the on-ramp to how you got into investing in crypto because that's where most people are probably going to be at.
1: Okay. So, uh, I read a book called the internet of money by Andreas Antonopoulos and that book basically primed me, um, for this journey that I'm currently on. He talks about tech, uh, Money as a technology, historically, basically the evolution from you know back when we were cavemen, we were probably transacting with bones and sticks and axes and whatever we could grab a hold of, of and you know trade with each other um, and eventually that that became uh, it probably trans there was probably a big point that i 'm missing out in this historical timeline, but eventually we made it to m- precious metals and such um and so once we started transacting with bronze silver gold, that was an evolution in the technology and then from that we went to the next stage which which was the gold standard where uh we we had a we, we, we stored all of our gold in a centralized area and essentially the banks provided the ious and we had now a form of credit so this was fantastic because it made everything very efficient for the time right this was this was brand new technology unfortunately as we progress into the 1970s 1950s 1970s when the internet and computers came around things ramped up in efficiency and we, this was fantastic for us, but eventually things kind of ran amok and things started to be hindered by several things, maybe laziness, uh just uh, c- content with the system the way it is, and also even just control. People realized that with this efficient system, you can amass large amounts of money. And so the people that are inside of the system began to take advantage of these systems and Everybody else really didn't benefit from this. So this is why DeFi is trying to address this issue. And uh, that is why I'm such a big proponent of it.
0: Well, I want to talk a little bit about the concept of just the central uh, banking system and specifically the Federal Reserve here in the U.S. for a minute, because people sometimes don't understand how this works. So one thing that people don't understand is that, first of all, when you go to a bank and you give them your money they take that money and they loan it out, okay? They're not holding on to it in a little piggy bank for you. They're loaning it out. Now, that's how they make money. But the scary truth about this is that because of the way that the Federal Reserve is set up, and I'm pretty sure it's uh, almost the exact same in Canada. In fact, uh, my friend Hillary, who's going to be speaking at the workshop with you, uh, is also up there in Canada. I think she might be in Toronto. Uh, and she says that the rate of, uh, of exchange is even higher in Canada. But basically, the idea is that for every dollar that you give to the bank, because of the Federal Reserve policy, they can loan out $10. That's Federal Reserve Banking. You give a dollar to the bank, they have a legal uh, a legal right to loan out $10. And that means that, it's oh, it's called fractional reserve banking. That's what it's called, fractional reserve banking. So they only have to have a fraction of the money that they're loaning out in their possession. Now, just the math on that shows that if they're loaning out 10 times the amount that they're actually holding, there's a massive imbalance there. Now, for anyone who's listening who was around in 2008 in the US when we experienced a big housing crash, part of the reason was because they were giving out what are called subprime mortgages. That's basically them approving people who shouldn't really be able to afford houses, they were approving them loans because these banks wanted to get interest payments, they wanted to get money. So they're giving people who shouldn't necessarily have home home loans, home loans. And um and they were in these what are called subprime And which sounds kind of disrespectful if you think about it, (laughs) but it's your subprime, it's kind of disrespectful. You know, it's like, you know, but what happened was over, you know, because of a lot of different factors, people couldn't pay their mortgage. They couldn't start paying their mortgage. They couldn't pay their mortgages. When people were no longer paying the money that they owed to the bank, the banks weren't collecting on those loans that they had given out. But on paper, they were supposed to be getting all this money in. So there was this huge breakdown in the system. Now, when this breakdown happened, the government in the U.S. didn't say, oh, we're seeing that people are going through a recession and they're having trouble paying their mortgage. We'll help people pay their mortgages. No, they didn't help the people pay their mortgages. They actually bailed out the banks instead by making sure that the banks remained liquid while the people struggled. And they gave the people maybe a few thousand dollars as a stimulus check, which they just did again with COVID, which didn't take care of really any of the any of the real issue and didn't solve any of the problem with the banks themselves being uh, completely upside down. They basically just made them whole because they're too big to fail. And with fractional reserve banking, basically it, it creates a system where because we're no longer on the gold standard, in 1971, we left the gold standard, which means that the, you can no longer peg a dollar to a certain quantity of gold. In two thousand in, in after World War II, um or, or should I say during World War Two, when Europe was getting destroyed, all of Europe was getting destroyed basically, the Allies sent most of their gold reserves to the US. Okay? And the U.S. became then the biggest treasury in the world. Uh, and I kind of always include Canada with the U.S. cause like you guys are over here, you're avoiding most, you, you're, you're, kind of, you're always on our side cause you have to be. Uh, you're, <laughs> you're avoiding all the damage, same thing as in, in World War II. Like you guys didn't even send over that many troops. Never. No, you avoided no, we did all not. the damage. Like we, you we're guys did like, not send over that many troops at we're all. Helping, we're helping, we're helping. <laughs> yeah, we're helping, <laughs> we're helping. Do you guys need some syrup? We're helping. <laughs> um, so, but either way, you guys basically re- retained all your, you know, Total, total, the, the country was totally healthy. And Europe was shot. And so after the war, there was a new world order that took over where America, because of our relative position in wealth, because everyone sent their gold reserves over and because we were undamaged by it, uh, we were able to become the, um, the world reserve currency, the global reserve currency. And the thing about being a global reserve currency is that you can print the money for the world now. So everyone wanted to have all of their all of their money their money backed in dollars and they were taking loans in dollars and everything was in dollars. So we had the ability to write blank checks and for 20 years from 1950 to 1971 that money was at least pegged to something physical. In 71 Nixon says well we need to create more money but we don't have any more gold to peg it to so we're going to actually take it off the gold standard and so then they they lifted that and then from that point on they could print as much money as they wanted to and for a while that actually created um you know significantly more wealth because more money was being circulated but over time that incre- that increases inflation which decreases the value of the dollar so if you see the value of the dollar going down from 1971 to now now what costs a $1 dollar in nineteen seventy one would cost six dollars and thirty-eight cents now, US. So that's the inflation. So that's the context for the Federal Reserve, fractional Reserve Banking, Gold Standard, why we got off of it, and now enters in DeFi.
1: That history needs to be taught in schools.
0: Yeah, it's not well it's not taught until you're in college, and then you, by that point you don't care anymore because you're deeply in the system, you know, or like mm. after college. But they don't really they don't really talk about it. And it it's I don't know, in some do you consider it? Do you consider it an evil system or just a an old crusty system?
1: Is it okay, this is gonna be a non answer, but I'm gonna say it's a hybrid of the two. Um, I think people inherently, you know, they they don't think that, okay, we're gonna do this evil thing to hurt all these people. They're just thinking, maybe how can we maximize our profits and the end tail results are what we have. That's kind of how I feel, maybe. Most of it went. Maybe yeah. there's some bad apples in there like that. We're probably.
0: Acting, oh, for sure. Right. Oh, for sure. There's bad
1: apples. For sure. For sure. Um, but I think most people are caught in the middle. And so when they put in the system and the head honchos are telling you, you know, this is how we're going to run the system. You're not going to say no. So maybe a bit of both in there.
0: And and people don't I think and I understand this, I mean I'm human, understand I understand this, but we don't always care about the things that aren't affecting us today. So humans have a very hard time understanding scope, time, and, and true quantity of things. You know, it's like when when I go I drive by McDonald's and it says ten billion hamburgers served. I can't picture ten billion hamburgers, it's too much. You know, so when we talk about billions and trillions and mm. how a small change in inflation over time will create these massive problems in the future, we're just like, ah, oh, we'll just deal with it. Same thing with it, with the environment. Ah, oh, you know, carbon emissions, but it's not heating up that much. It's fine. And then in 50 years, we're like, fuck,
1: you know, <laughs> yeah. and it's like, you know, you almost get that electric car out, right?
0: Get it going. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so in that way, DeFi is kind of like the electric
1: car of finance, man, a hundred percent bad, like, there is there is an analogy there's a direct analogy right there um Elon Musk the decentralization of energy man that's totally the next wave in energy so and oh man i i really want to get into a specific uh project that is delving into that but maybe maybe down the line for sure
0: yeah we'll talk yeah talk to us just about just about you know now we've kind of established what that's Certainly, what centralized finance is, and, and Federal Reserve and all that stuff is. But but then talk to us how where where does DeFi step in?
1: So DeFi is going to be the medium that we can use on a day to day basis as a bank. Essentially, you unbank yourself. So now we can go to, for example, uh, Celsius is a great example. I I've used them several times. Very reputable. Um, You can go into their account and deposit several cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, Ethereum, USDC, whatever your flavor is, and they will give you an annual percentage yield um, that is stable. And these yields are significantly higher than what the bank is going to do. The bank, when you deposit your... You know your hard-earned dollars into a savings account. They're going to give you what? One percent? Is that back? No, not not even one. It's it, it's
0: it's like point oh five or point oh one. And what's and and now tell us what inflation is though. And
1: and inflation, like you said, six percent.
0: Right. It, uh, it's probably actually higher than that. Yeah, six
1: percent. Yeah, six percent. It's probably like <laughs> ten to fifteen. Yes. Yes. You and, know. And so without, it's very it's it's actually disgusting when you hear that because these people are stealing everyone's money and that that's that's unacceptable so with celsius uh what they're doing is they're giving back all of the fees that they're generating they give 70 percent of that back to the depositors so you and me whatever we're putting back we get back in rewards and that can be massive from anywhere from 5% to 10% and above. And it's a, tr- it's truly a way to invest your money comfortably and knowing that it's in your possession. You can withdraw it when you want, but it will also be generating significant interest. That for me is massive. You have total control of your money and there are mechanisms now that you can use to Build your wealth at a very consistent rate.
0: Now are they able to do that because they, because they redistribute the fees that they're charging?
1: They, okay, so they redistribute their fees and Celsius is sort of, uh, a CDFI, uh, application. So they do lend out their crypto. However, these are all backed. These are all collateralized. So whoever they're lending these to, they must be, uh, They have to hold themselves accountable or else they are going to lose out on their collateral. So they're being held accountable. And that is the big difference here. Uh, They must pay back their loans.
0: Yeah. It's not not a fractional system where there's not a, not a one to one ratio of what's being held versus what's being loaned is what you're saying basically. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And and so, so just to be like to spell it out for people who are, who are new to the conversation, you're losing money if you're holding it in a bank as fiat. Fiat currency is just dollars, regular money, you know. Dollars, pounds, euros, regular, you know, federally issued money, pesos. government issued money. If the interest rate is less than 1% in a typical savings account and the 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 uh in rate of inflation is above 5%, maybe closer to 10%, you're losing 5 to 10% of your money per year just by doing nothing to it.
1: Yeah, that's the big thing. And this is the way we've been sedated in society. You know, just uh, just trust the banks, put your money in there and don't even think about it. Um, and so, yeah, that it's in the day and age that we live in the age of information. That's not acceptable. I don't think.
0: Well, and, and something to notice, guys, is that, you know, I've talked about this a lot the difference between risk and volatility. Crypto is very volatile. And of course, there's risk in it as well. But we're talking about it in absolute terms. You know, um, there's obviously risk in any investment, so none of the stuff that we're giving here is financial advice. And I'll put that before the podcast as well when I will do an intro and an outro. None of this is financial advice. You know, quote. Air, we're doing air quotes. You know, um, so, so take this as informational and educational, and, and 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 even entertainment at times. But just looking at the numbers, if you're losing five to seven percent of your money every year uh, that it stays in the bank, what that really means is you're losing purchasing power. 'Cause it's not like they're taking money out of the account, but it's that a hundred dollars this year doesn't buy the same amount of goods and services next year if inflation continues. Is that what we're saying?
1: Absolutely. I mean every year it seems like we're saying things are getting more expensive. I can't afford to, you know, move somewhere. I can't afford growth. Have you noticed that yourself? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Um so I I think uh just moving forward, it's uh it, it's time. It's time. So there and there are a couple
0: different different uh concepts in DeFi. Obviously we have um you know just typical uh DeFi I guess would they be would it be a DeFi bank or what would you refer
1: to it as? So decentralized finance can uh it, it's basically defining uh a set of applications. So decentralized applications or dApps are essentially the mechanisms that we're going to be using to build our wealth in a sovereign way um so that can include several different ways so the first example i gave was celsius but then there's even more even more uh advanced ways but they're not even that complicated once you learn them but i'm talking specifically about uniswap i'm sure uh daniel's heard of uniswap this is one of the big uh decentralized finance uh uh protocols out right now and you can essentially be an a market maker which is essentially <laughs> wall street uh all those guys they're the ones that control the markets right now and Robinhood, these types of groups they have complete control of the way these markets work and we don't really have a say in that but with uniswap we can become the market um and that is, that is just great, groundbreaking. Uh, I don't think that's ever been a thing before. So
0: Uniswap is, it's a, it's basically a decentralized exchange, correct? Mm-hmm. Say more about that.
1: Okay, so decentralized exchanges, uh, essentially we can become, uh, early investors into projects due to Uniswap. They, they are, the central hub for where all of the all of this innovation in these new crypto projects is happening and Uniswap allows us access to these things we can buy them we can sell them if we want and we can also participate as as a market maker so it's it's opening up several different avenues for us to uh, uh basically create these new money networks that are outside of the controlled uh, ecosystems of the central banking systems.
0: Well, it's really interesting because, you know, you think about the fact that the central banking systems, the stock market and the the richest 1%, you know, the biggest investors are all connected. They're all working together in order to continue to keep things exactly as they are, which is what we saw earlier this year with the Robin Hood GameStop uh was it AMC, AMC theaters? Yep. AMC uh theater, you know, the so so we talked about this a bit on the podcast, you know, about what happened with that. But basically, big investors wanted to short these companies, which means they want to bet against companies like GameStop. They want to bet against companies like AMC. And this was happening earlier in the summer. Um, these investors wanted to bet against these that, uh, that these companies would do well during especially the pandemic. There's a group, a community online on Reddit, actually, that said, you know what, we're actually going to go long on these companies. We're going to buy and hold these stocks. And what ended up happening was because this giant community got together on Reddit and really piled on to the trading platforms to buy and hold these, uh, we would call them fan favorite stocks, you know, especially if you're talking, you know, GameStop. Like that's, you got a bunch of nerds who love GameStop and they're going to be oh, yeah. very involved, you know, and, and, and AMC is a fan favorite as well. You know, you have these companies that um, that not only are they fan favorites, but also I believe that the communities on Reddit wanted to make a point too these Wall Street investors and said, we're gonna buy these and hold these. And specifically on Robinhood, many people piled on and started to buy. Now what started to happen? The stock started to explode. I don't remember what numbers it actually hit, but I mean, it hit record, record trajectories. Insane, insane. parabolic. Insane trajectories. And and what ended up happening was, every large investor who shorted came and AMC was losing their position, uh, position. They were losing money, right? Because they bet against these, these uh, stocks doing well. And so what did Robinhood do, Neil?
1: Oh, they did the the great service of locking down, withdrawing your funds to protect their their customers
0: for your protection. For your protection, of course. They they disallowed trading of these
1: stocks. They shut it down. So, so essentially what they said to you is we're going to hold on to this money that you've made so that we can make more money off
0: of it. <laughs> right. Meanwhile, them saying, oh, we don't have the liquidity when they're directly connected with all the liquidity in the world. You know,
1: this has never been a problem before, but this, one but now they're instance, saying we don't have money. Yeah. This one instance, you know, we're having some issues. Uh, just bear with us, you know, bear with us for this short, uh, stop. Right. So, yeah. It, and the pushback on that was just as interesting man w- global global i think that was probably a massive realization to our generation that yeah. oh these people wait robin hood well simple all these guys wait i thought they were on my side it's such a funny name to robin hood and it's like
0: robin hood was supposed to give from the take from the rich and give to the poor but they did the exact opposite they were literally robbing the hood
1: gosh <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> you know? oh,
0: gosh man yeah, they, and I took all I took all my stuff off Robinhood to leave the app after that. I said, "Fuck you guys." Yep, yep. Hey,
1: that that's the that is the exact reaction that everybody had together, and then they realized, "Oh wait, we made a bit of a mistake here." And and then they I can't remember exactly what they said, but they were fumbling around with what was oh, going on. They were. On. It was a
0: horrible PR, <laughs> um, yeah. which is a shame too, because I actually like the service. Uh, I yeah. thought it was really, really easy to use. One thing I liked about Robinhood is that they allowed you to buy fractional shares of things. So, you know, especially with these expensive stocks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now I trade on Vanguard mostly and Vanguard is just a big American investment firm, but they only let you buy whole stocks. So it's like, ah, you know, bread and butter, bread and mm-hmm. butter, you know, yeah. I just buy like, I buy ETFs and stuff on there, just baskets of funds. Hey
1: man, that like that there's always going to be a, a need for that. So. Definitely, yeah. definitely.
0: Um, but but, that is a, but and that's a peak example of centralization and how we talked earlier about how maybe it's not an evil system, but it certainly is an entrenched system. It's similar to a way that I think of like the president of the United States when they come in and like they're telling all this change they're going to make. It's almost like sitting in a car where the seat is permanently fixed at one distance from the wheel and there's only one direction you can drive and you're on a track. You can't actually change it. It can be a different driver. And maybe sometimes you can change out some of the interior features, but the track and the position is the same. And even if you notice, uh, I, I can't speak for anyone who was before Trudeau. You know, I don't have a long history in that because I'm, like, I'm a, an American centralist, uh, you know, uh, idiot. You know, I can only, I can only think about our country. Uh, <laughs> I don't know the history of, of Canadian democracy, but I can tell you in our country, you know, for the past multiple presidents, we've had people who are like complete opposite with their with their public-facing opinion, they're like, I'm a liberal, I'm a conservative. But the policies stay the same regardless. Our our foreign policy pretty much is the same. We're still bombing people. We're still creating wars. We're still, you know, basically overturning governments we don't like. We're still fucking with the Middle East. You know, our domestic policy is pretty much the same. Protect the rich. Take from the poor and the middle class. The inflation is still going up. You know, so it's like, what's really changing? And that's an entrenched system. And it's the same on Wall Street. It's the same in the boardroom. Um, so, so with a, going back to these DEXs, decentralized exchanges, which is what Uniswap is. They also have one called Pancake Swaps, UC Swap, these different swaps. You can essentially uh, participate in a stock market that is not, well, certainly not regulated. That's for sure. It's not regulated and it's not overseen by someone who can stop you from trading. If you have a popular product or company that people want and they need and there's momentum behind it, these are essentially automatic money machines, they're algorithmically made. So I'm sure that there are creators of these things, but they're not interfering with how these are run.
1: So a little a little uh, nice known fact. Um uh, guess how many times Uniswap has shut down due to ins- insufficient liquidity? A whopping zero times. <laughs> how is that possible, Neil? Well, uh, Let's dig into it. So essentially, like you said, automated market making, this is the next wave in, uh, in financial systems. So we can buy cryptocurrencies. We can sell cryptocurrencies on Uniswap. We can also supply our own liquidity or our own cryptocurrencies to Uniswap. And so when we provide these cryptocurrencies, uh, for example, uh, we can provide the Uniswap token, as well as another token uh, su- such as USDC. And when you provide these two uh, cur- these two uh, currencies, uh, you effectively become a market maker. And what that means is you're going to be taking per- a small percentage every time somebody makes a transaction, a buy or a sell. And that is what actually uh, they're doing on the NASDAQ as well. But we just – you have to be an insider to be a part of that. But right. with this, we all have access to it.
0: Okay. I, there's a lot of things I want to dig in here because there's a lot of directions we can go. I guess the first thing is – so I want to talk about – I want to talk about – first, I want to talk about how you would start from from day zero of I just want to get a portfolio off the ground. What's your thought process on
1: this? You know what? Um, I think it's best to keep it simple, especially if this is a whole if, if this is a whole new thing for you, the last thing you want is to be overwhelmed with all the information um, what I've been telling my friends and people that are interested is just you know buy some bitcoin, buy a little ethereum, see how you feel about it once you get comfortable with these types of things uh just moving the money around between your accounts that's when you really can start playing with uh these these tools because, uh, there is a bit of a learning curve with these things for sure. But, uh, that's why starting with the base of Bitcoin, Ethereum, a little bit of research goes a long way, goes a long way. All the resources are on YouTube as well. And that's exactly how I learned how to do all of this stuff. That was my, that was my education, uh, YouTube education, YouTube university.
0: YouTube university. Well, yeah, I think, um, I think Bitcoin has become like, Synonymous with crypto because it's the name brand crypto. And it's like, you know, Kleenex is a tissue, Band-Aid is a bandage. It's just the name brand of crypto. Um, and Ethereum was essentially the first altcoin, which is just anything that's not Bitcoin is an altcoin basically. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the different tools someone
1: would need to set up a portfolio? Okay. So the different tools that someone needs to set up a portfolio. My app suite consists of several different, um, Applications uh, that work all together. Uh, so I'm from Canada and I I use Shakepay um, as my onboarding ramp into the crypto world. So from ShakePay, I can connect my checking account and from there I send funds to ShakePay and I can buy Bitcoin or Ethereum. Now in the US, there are several different options. You have Coinbase. Uh, I believe there's a Binance US version. Fucking hate Binance US. Stay away. It's it's not a, it's not great. It's not great. It's sketchy, bro. It's they hold money. It's weird. It they do the exact same thing as a centralized bank. So I wanted to
0: make a transaction with my and they're holding it for 10 days. I'm like, "Guys, I'm going to miss this event. I'm I'm going to miss the thing I'm yeah. trying to do." Yeah. They're yeah, holding their money for ten days and it, it, it's yeah, so it's really
1: frustrating. And and it's strange because uh the owner uh what what's the owner's name again? Uh of, of Binance, I don't know. The the CEO he <laughs> I think it's a running meme now that it's uh you know, Binance is gonna shut down for like a year now, so just don't worry about it. <laughs> <Get> crypto safe.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean in are a lot of time yeah, exactly. And a lot of times we're having like Issues with their network where it's not syncing with the other wallets. There's issues with the Binance network, which is interesting too because the, uh, the Binance Smart Chain, which is a whole different, essentially, it's a whole different blockchain. Yes, yeah, it it's a different blockchain.
1: Essentially, it's a it's a copy of Ethereum, to be honest.
0: Right, it's essentially a copy of Ethereum, um, but it's just not as good. Uh, but there are a lot of good projects on there, and Binance Smart Coin is actually a pretty good coin, and like there are, it's actually. It's growing. So, but I just, don't, the ecosystem, I feel like is very, it's a walled garden. Coinbase got it right. And I'm sure ShakePay is similar to Coinbase in that way. It is. It is.
1: Yeah. Very simple. Very simple. The, the onboarding yeah. process into Binance is confusing and tedious. It should it's be like. very
0: confusing and tedious. They didn't even, it took me, it took the months to approve me. I'm like, well. Wow. You're just not, you're just not going to get my money then. Yeah. Because I'm like, you know, they're like, you know, we need three forms of government ID, all this and that. I'm just like, yeah. guys, come.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's a brutal process. But uh yeah, like I said, um ShakePay or Coinbase, great place to great place to start if you're in the North America. From there, we can move to uh more more advanced dApps such as uh Celsius, MetaMask, uh, and Uniswap. So uh the way the way that I would develop that is moving from ShakePay, your your Bitcoin and Ethereum, you can start moving into the altcoins that Daniel was talking about. So the Uniswap coin is a, it's a solid altcoin for you to get into because this will allow you to become part of that ecosystem, a market maker, buying, selling without any barriers. And that's kind of, that's kind of the short, tra- um, short trajectory, I guess, if I were to put it in a condensed fashion.
0: So, um, if you had, you know, let's say $3,000 to start a portfolio, how would you allocate it?
1: You know what? Bitcoin it's always going to be around. It's great. It's the gold standard, but I think all the innovation and the bleeding edge basically is on Ethereum. Um so th- it stayed strong on this last dip, too. It, yes. Yes, it's proving its value. Um, and I think most institutional v- investors, like they they have long realized this, but I think that's now we're, we're it's trickling into the mainstream and people are really getting behind it just as heavy as Bitcoin. Um, and Ethereum, I think it's probably my favorite coin just because of how many doors it opens up in different ways. Um, uh, so $3,000, I would probably put... I would probably put a base of a thousand to fifteen hundred Ethereum, whatever you're comfortable with. That's kind of like your base, just kind of, uh, your savings. I would almost call it. It's almost like a, sa- that would be your savings. Ethereum is, becoming, that's going to make
0: Bitcoin maxis pretty mad to say that. Cause uh, Ethereum is not meant to be a store of value.
1: It, it isn't, but I think it's kind of transitioning
0: to that. And how can you not say, again, we had this last, this massive dip. Bitcoin lost almost over 20%. Uh, at least for a while, it was over 20 and then it kind of bounced back up. Now it's at 50,000. It was at 70,000 earlier in the year. Um, mm-hmm. And and Ethereum is like, a, it was like 4,400 when I checked today. I'm like, that's close to the all-time high. Yeah,
1: super you know? impressive
0: stuff. It made a quick dip to 3,800, then it bounced right back up. Why um, do you think that is?
1: You know, it's it's this huge wave of... NFTs. Metaverse. Stop saying wave. Only I can say wave. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> this this is momentum, this momentum. This momentum. That was a That was the Canadian coming out at me, just apologizing for <laughs> stepping on toes. <laughs> but um, uh, as I was saying, uh, this 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 momentum of metaverse coins, NFTs, uh, uh that gaming coins. Uh, that we're all seeing being developed uh people are starting to realize that this is where all of this value is being developed and and it's it's creating this massive wave of young uh people getting involved with this creating with this it's a totally different thing the institutions are getting involved with this and they're seeing it's basically the old money and the new money are starting to kind of come together and forming uh, an alliance in a way and, yeah. yeah, we're just seeing all of these new types of monies and uh uh systems, ecosystems being developed. And, and that's where we're seeing this massive pump in Ethereum coming from.
0: Yeah, I think one of the issues is that Bitcoin itself isn't nearly as programmable as Ethereum. I
1: don't want to say it's not because it actually is.
0: And they have a protocol called Stacks, which is used to program on Bitcoin, which I'm not sure if that introduces security risks or what that really even means. Because Bitcoin is... It was made to primarily be a store of value, it was just like digital gold. And um, but Ethereum is meant to be built on top of. And you know, for anyone who's like thinking about the terminology, just sort of being clear, the EVM is the Ethereum virtual network. Ethereum itself is the blockchain is a blockchain, Ether is the coin. Mm-hmm. So really we use those changes interchangeably. Ethereum we just say is the coin. Doesn't we're not really making too much of a big deal out of it, but really it's ether. And um, it's interesting because a lot of the, even if you think, talk about like um, briefly, we can talk about like layer one versus layer two, you know, layer one, Ethereum is, um, is the platform that all these apps are being built on top of. But what's happening as a result of all these applications or these dApps being built is that the network is getting slower and it's getting more expensive. Mm -hmm. So one of the big problems with Ethereum is that it's, there's so much of a demand for it that that gas fees are very high it's too we'll good talk about that for a bit it's too, it's good, too good you know <laughs> um so, yeah so yeah
1: because it is such an efficient method of transfer and all of this and whatnot, uh people are using it to hell and uh this clogs up the uh, the network it slows it down um and for an efficient system that's exactly the opposite of what we want so uh, developers started to, uh, develop layer twos. So we have Polygon or Matic, uh, we have Immutable X, which is another big one. Um, and, and there are several other, uh, layers. I don't know twos. about Immutable X. Let me write that down. Uh, they, Immutable X is a, is a, is a up and coming, uh, they're not even up and coming. I would say actually they, what's the ticker for that? What's the symbol for that? Uh, I believe it's IMX. Uh so yeah, all of these layer twos are being developed on top Phantom of- baby, I'm into Phantom. Phantom is a nice one as well. Man, Phantom's I just nice got one. introduced. You actually probably initiated my interest into Solana. So oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um so
0: Solana, Solana a layer two or is a layer
1: one? Uh so, so Solana is a layer one, but is Oh it's a fast,
0: cheap layer one.
1: Yes, yes, Phantom, Phantom is a layer one. Uh, apologies. There's, there's so many layer one. Wait, I thought
0: Phantom was a layer two.
1: I, is it a layer two? Phantom's a layer two. Oh, wow. Okay. So, you know what? I thought it was a layer one. No, you're, 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 you're on the money. Um, is that correct? I was so impressed by what I saw on Phantom. I thought it was a layer one. So, that, that's, that was, yeah, yeah, but it's, I'm almost positive it's a layer two. No, no, no. no yeah, you're, de- you're definitely right. You're definitely uh-huh. right. Uh,
0: well, okay. Let- Let's explain what layer. So, so layer one versus layer two. What's the difference between layer one and
1: layer two? What's can just briefly. Okay. So, so the main difference is layer ones. You have uh, you have your basic chains. So either Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana. Then a layer two builds on top of that. So specifically, like Daniel mentioned, stacks would be a layer two in 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 a form or fashion. Um, Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Ethereum a layer two would be Polygon or Matic. Uh, yeah. and then for, uh, for, for phantom, that's on top of, e- uh, Ethereum, right? Yeah. So these layer twos are working together on top of the layer ones to lower these transaction fees to make this all, uh, efficient and digestible for the common person, for us to use.
0: Yeah. Well, because what, from my understanding, what's happening now, I'm searching is, 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 a- is Avalanche a layer one or a layer two? I think it's a layer two.
1: Is, is Avalanche layer 2 as well? <laughs> I, think I don't it's layer know. One.
0: Uh, is it layer 1? Um,
1: I don't know too much about Avalanche. I just know that it's blowing up
0: in tandem with Solana and I have a bunch of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Definitely not a bad thing Avalanche. to have. I, I think Avalanche is layer 1. Okay, okay. So Because cause AVAX, which is Avalanche, Solana, and Ethereum are all being compared as layer 1s. Because Coindesk has Avalanche and other layer 1s. Avalanche Layer 1 tokens soared in November as Ethereum fees drove competition. Avalanche saw its ABX token rise 70% in November and was the month's best performing Layer 1 platform with a market capitalization of 10 billion. Um, so so that means that Avalanche will be built on top of by other Layer 2s. Now, what's happening, so Layer 1 is like, you talk about a basic chain where they're doing, you can build NFTs in these things, you can build games. A lot of these things, guys, you wanna look out for games. Gaming and crypto is already big it's gonna be even bigger and it has to be built on a fast network. Right now, it wouldn't make sense to build a game on a layer one like Ethereum because it's slow and expensive. On Solana, maybe on Avalanche, maybe because it's cheaper and it's it's much faster app. But Ethereum is is kind of the, it's like turning a tanker ship right now. It's a big, big beast. Absolutely. You know, layer two. What's happening is, you know, from my basic understanding, is that that this chain which lays on top of layer one, um, the data from layer one passes up to layer two. They do a lot of that computing on layer two and pass it back down to layer one. So they communicate between each other, but they take a lot of that, that that computation of the actual processing into layer two, fuck with it up there and send it back so that the network on layer one isn't overloaded with all the stuff they have to do on layer two. That's, that's the money right
1: there. Um, and so we're, we're seeing this development happening at a, at a rapid rate now because- What's layer three like? like right? Web, <laughs> Web 3.0? Yeah, web 3.4. Yeah, so yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's opening up so many doors. Uh, and with this efficiency, uh, increasing, it's just gonna explode. It's just going kind to of
0: explode. Well, we completely got off the topic of the portfolio. You said you put 1,000 to 1,500 in Ethereum. What would the other right. half of the portfolio be in a $3,000 portfolio?
1: So I would probably recommend going into some smaller cap coins. Uh, so with that entails more risk. So you have to use proper risk management, not financial advice. But uh um Neil uh, told me to invest in
0: shit swap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm broke now.
1: <laughs> the best coin sh with a shit swap coin. <laughs> um uh but so smaller market cap coins and this could be metaverse coins for sure. That uh I believe and I'm not the first one saying this, that the first billion users in crypto are gonna be coming from from gaming. Uh if you think about how many kids are online right now, and they're asking for their parents' credit cards to buy themselves a Fortnite game? Not even
0: in America, dude. India, uh Southeast Asia—those are those are the big gaming capitals, dude. Yeah, man. You know, so. Indian crypto is booming right now, and Americans can't even get into it.
1: Mm. You know? Man, I've a lot of the Indian cryptos
0: that. we can't get into because they don't let us on their exchanges.
1: I mean, VPN.
0: Yeah, VPN. Yeah, VPN. Yeah,
1: Maybe. Yeah. No. Yeah. But- <laughs> but, yeah, true, fair. <laughs> um but yeah, so smaller market uh market cap coins in the metaverse. So what I'm looking at right now is different metaverse coins on different chains. So uh one on Solana that I'm looking at is uh I believe it's Prometheus.
0: So these support different games in the metaverse? These 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 tokens do?
1: uh so these these tokens uh they will be specifically for one metaverse however, there will be i'm a hundred percent positive there's gonna be communication between the chains, the different metaverses the different assets on these metaverses uh so it's you're not gonna be locked into anything there will be some liquid movement between the metaverses another another one uh would be. Uh, meta hero on the Binance smart chain. I know we're going back to Binance, we don't like Binance, but Ugh, it, 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 it. it is it is an option if you are on there. Um they are developing that. But on Ethereum, um some big metaverse coins that are probably the greatest and most fleshed out. We have Decentraland, we have the sandbox, and then we have gaming coins as well that are gonna be integrated. Uh, we have engine coin and so these these are all working together to build this gaming universe together. And that's where I think we're gonna see billions of people coming in and billions of dollars.
0: Decentralized and Sandbox exploded this year and they're still decently priced. Do you think people are late on those or do you think it's still a good buy?
1: Not at all. Man, people still think they're late in crypto. That's That blows my mind, man. That blows my mind. Maybe, is that is that a narrative that uh, someone's putting out there? Well, I mean, I don't, it's just,
0: it's simply not true. I mean, if you look at, you know, if you look at the graph of crypto adoption, just by based on the number of wallets that we have, we have as many wallets, like I think we're probably somewhere around 200 million wallets right now, you know, on crypto. And that matches with about 1997 in terms of the adoption of the internet. So we're talking web one versus web three now. The difference is though, that the internet was growing at 63% a year and crypto is growing at 113% a year. So almost double the rate, you know? So we're going to be at a few billion users very
1: shortly here. Break speed, break speed. So, so while, while, while it's moving very quickly, we're still, still at the very beginning almost. (laughs) Yeah.
0: You're, you're, if you're listening to this, you're like top 15% still. Yeah. You know? Right. So you're still, you're, you're still an early adopter. You're not what would be called uh, the, the innovators where when, you know, back in 2009 and 10, people were saying, you know, Bitcoin is not a thing. You're stupid. Mm-hmm. Now everyone that you talk to, uh, some might be aware of Bitcoin, but they're still not using it or they're still not uh, involved with it, but they might have heard of it. So it's cracked the public awareness. But it's going to be many years before people are either using it or they're forced to use it because certain services are only now accepting, mm. uh, you know, crypto. And we've even seen that some major cities around the world, uh, have adopted coins to represent their city and create uh, revenue for the city through cryptocurrencies like Miami, like New York. They're creating these things called city coins.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, it, it's, it's just flowered into something that people did not think it was going to and 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 people still believe that because it's flowered so quickly oh we've missed the boat but that is definitely not the case so i implore people to at least research into these things because like i said it 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 totally changed the trajectory of my life so again not financial advice but please research these things um it, it might seem a little much, but this is the next wave. I, I keep doing it. it, it you've implanted <laughs> it into my brain, Daniel. I'm sorry. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes. Good branding. <laughs>
0: the branding's on point.
1: Um,
0: well, uh, one thing I want, I'm curious about too, because I think it really, because we talked about earlier in the podcast about like um, some of these these, I guess you, you know, protocols will allow you to earn good interest on your on your coins. You know, we talked about Celsius and things like that. Now those are in comparison to, uh, traditional banks, very, very good. You know, five and 10% is amazing, but then there's something called staking, you know, which is a whole different level of essentially, um, uh, income that you can make on money that you're willing to or crypto that you're willing to lock away. Talk to us about this. Some people, this is the first time they've ever heard of staking
1: before. Okay. So staking is a massive part as to why Ethereum took off so big and uh essentially defi um staking is where you essentially are putting your money into a savings account but it's a crypto uh it's a crypto savings account through a DAP. and so while you're staking you can you can you can generate some incredible interest rates and the reason why you can do this is because everybody that is partici- participating together in this staking all of the rewards are returned to us. Um, and so we're seeing staking rewards as high as like a hundred percent, fifty percent, twenty percent, like massive dou- double digit numbers. So if you, if you can, uh, participate in staking, it's, it, you will see the true power of DeFi. I mean, I
0: think one thing that I, that comes to mind
1: when I think of that though is
0: Ponzi almost. How can they maintain these? These, these gains, I mean, I guess some, some of these, these interest rate have to go down over time, right?
1: Um, okay. So frankly, I am not sure because this is for me, I've been staking, but I haven't noticed any significant dip. It may adjust, uh, slightly over time, but in terms over of over the
0: years, you know, yes,
1: yes, years. Um, so far for the, for the few years that I've been staking, I haven't noticed um, I have not noticed any significant decrease Uh from a week point standpoint, day to day standpoint, month to month, it will fluctuate, but you are staying consistent within that range. That's, that's my, that's, I mean, I, yeah. that has been my experience at least. I, I don't know about for you, yeah. Daniel.
0: Well, well, I'm not even uh, as big in a staking yet. I'm just like, I'm, I'm just learning. It seems to me like, the biggest opportunity, like, like if I had to think about how I would organize my thoughts around just creating an effective strategy, part of it would be trying to find the coins that were going to have natural increases due to use, and then part of it would be holding those coins long term, staking them when you can, while keeping some available to trade.
1: Mm, yeah, no, that's a that's a super important point. Uh, cannot be missed. Because
0: um... you have to lock them up when you stake them. You can't just. You have to stake them and hold them there for months or
1: years. So if you're staking for months or years and they're locked in there, that's essentially, that's effectively centralization. So if real staking, you should never be locked in. Um There may be a slight vestment period of maybe a couple days a week, maybe 30 days max. But if it goes anything beyond that, that I would say calls for, uh, some investigation, whether or not you want to go forward with that. Um, I've been amazingly staking, uh, um, directly through, uh, Uniswap or, or if you, if you are, if you are into other coins, you can use native wallets such as, uh, I know a big one. I, I'm not a huge fan of it, but I know a big one is Cardano. A lot of people are, are using that.
0: We don't say that on this show. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that's shade. That's shade. I mean,
0: they just haven't delivered on any of the things they promised. Hey, Amen. They're can't supposed to have smart game. contracts. They don't have smart contracts. They're supposed to have a DEX, they don't have a DEX. So what are we doing? Charles <laughs> Hoskinson talks all this game on his YouTube. Man, he
1: we're gonna change the world. We're change gonna go to Africa world. and we're gonna yeah, do just this, like, and we're gonna do that. Dude,
0: just get your smart contracts going. So <laughs> yeah. so Cardano is is a layer one. Protocol. Well, it's right now. It's not even a smart contract protocol. It's it's just it's just a, it's just can, a coin.
1: It's not yeah. even a layer one. Then can, like, can you
0: call so it? it? Well, and they had such they they had like very almost first mover advantage with this stuff. They were an he- mm. early competitor to ETH. And th- to be fair, well, not really even fair, but this year they they doubled. You know, because at the beginning of the year they were under a dollar. You know, and they were maybe like you know fifty cents or something like. I mean, they they've, they've they're up on the year, but really they stopped. From my perspective, making progress after Q1, <laughs> you know, which is not good.
1: And it's unfortunate because people are listening to this guy, who's a great orator, but yeah, the value is not there. So I used to have a
0: lot of money in Cardano, and I moved it out of Cardano because I'm like, wait a minute. Even when the bull runs happen, you don't move. Cardano doesn't move. What happens here? It's like you know the the bet. They, I think they hit two dollars once this year.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: you know, I was looking for a ten dollar Cardano at some point. Maybe there'll be a
1: late bloomer. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we should wait for them. No one else is waiting for them. (laughs) So, so uh, going back, backtracking, we were talking about uh, staking, Uh, and so, like I said, uh, your staking should you should be free to stake. If you're locked into any type of staking, you're just you're going backwards. So, yeah. Like I but said. You, now,
0: now, now you locked your dot up with a collar, but don't you have to keep it there for 96 months?
1: So, so, th- okay, this, this is where the transition was needed because, uh, I did lock up my, uh, my polka dots for 96 weeks and...
0: 96 weeks. Oh yeah, not months, weeks.
1: Yeah. Whoa, months? <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> months
0: would be crazy. Yeah, years, <laughs> I know. would be questioning, yeah. yeah, I would definitely be questioning yeah, that.
1: So... My bad. No, 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 but, uh, 96 weeks and that is still a long, that is still a long time. The, the difference is, is I've, I've tried to vet them as much as possible. And now Polkadot was created by, uh, uh, Gavin, um, who worked with Vitalik yeah. Gavin on would. Ethereum. And so this guy said, you know what? Ethereum is good, but it's clunky. It's expensive. I'm going to try to take a part of this and make it a little bit better. And so he forked it. Fork basically means uh, you take a a blockchain and you make a significant change in the protocol. So it kind of becomes a new protocol. So that's what a fork is, just for anybody that's wondering. Um, and so the fork became Polkadot. And now Polkadot has become a very interesting coin. It's got... DeFi, it's got uh staking, it's got automated automated market making, it's got a large suite of applications for us to use. And so the reason I locked up my Polkadot for ninety six weeks was because Polkadot is developing uh something called a parachain system. So now I don't know if you wanna how deep you want me to go into this, but Go, go. Okay, so this parachain system is allowing Polkadot to become multiple times faster than Ethereum. Um these parachains are essentially uh, side chains broken up broken off from the main chain, and just like you were saying with layer 2s, it allows the computations and the 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 work to be done outside of the main chain, speeding up the uh the main chain. And so uh, I locked up my Polkadot so that I could be part of a group of initial investors uh, into a new project called Akala. And Akala is going to be the uh, market, the AMA, AMM on the Polkadot system. And so I'm essentially incubating this project and I believe in this project as I've tried to research it, I've vetted the people, the developers all seem reputable. And I really like the product. It's got, it's got a roadmap. We have all these indicators that it's a very, uh, it looks to be a strong project. And that's, that's why I I staked my, my polka dot into the, uh, parachains for 96 weeks.
0: Well, you know what's so interesting too is that any of the technology that we're investing in, as I'll say again, this is not financial advice, but any, any of the technology that we're investing in at this point, you really have to do so much research and truly believe in the project because none of the stuff that we're investing in at this point is truly being used. I mean, Ethereum is being used and there are, uh, you know, play to earn games out there, but like everything is super rough right now. You know, so like all the theory about, well, Solana and Avalanche are going to beat out Ethereum and this and that, it's all just a certain amount of it is all just speculation because of the fact that like we haven't fully gotten into web three world yet where people are actively using these chains on a daily basis a lot of the a lot of the use of the chain is just people hearing the marketing and getting excited about the project because of what it's saying it's going to do but we're not on a daily basis using it yet
1: so that's another interesting thing uh so Polkadot has a canary chain called Kusama. This canary chain is basically an experimental testing ground for, uh, bleeding edge protocols and technologies, uh, on the Polkadot chain.
0: It's like a test network.
1: Test network. And yeah. it's a live test network though with actual markets. So we're, they're basically, it's basically, uh, Canary Um, in the coal mine. Oh, I get it. Yes. 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 Exactly. And that, and that's why their logo is the, the little bird. Got it. Got it. Yeah. And, uh, I can say, uh, Kusama has been, uh, pivotal in my, in my decision to invest with Polkadot for 96 weeks because the reason why, uh, I am saying that is because I actually invested, uh, kusama coins ksm and staked them on the kusama uh network for 48 weeks half the time half the time half the time of uh Polkadot. and i i staked that in a uh project called moon river and it hadn't been dropped yet and i i was looking at all, all of the uh all of the development um and what not did did my due diligence tried to do my best and I thought, you know what? This is worth the risk. I'm going to try this, see what happens. And it, it worked out <laughs> very favorably. Yeah, um, you did well on that one. This moon river exploded. I, uh, dude, I, uh, I forgot about it for three months. And then <laughs> I you came like, back. You're like, whoa. <laughs> I opened up my wallet. And I'm like, wait, is this, is this mine? Is this mine?
0: <laughs> you just keep refreshing because you know sometimes you go to MetaMask and it's actually incorrect. You got to refresh it and the numbers catch up again. And it's like you're like, oh, I don't actually have three hundred million dollars in there. Okay, great. <laughs> but then like sometimes it is real. You're like, oh my god, something blew up overnight. Wow, dude.
1: I was like, wait, mom, mom, you want to? Yeah. <laughs> you want to? Yeah.
0: Can you can you look at this? Can you look at this? Am
1: I reading this right? So um so that was kind of uh the proving ground for me and I said okay if if this is how this works I'm going to take another another risk another calculated risk and see how it plays out so right now we're waiting for uh a call to drop and it actually won its first parachain auction uh that was I was not expecting that I was actually expecting it to win the second slot because Moonbeam the uh moon river equivalent of kusama on polka dot was expected to win that first slot, uh, massive, massive momentum, but a call of one. So we're going to learn on December 17th. I'm putting my money where my mouth is right now. God damn. Um, we're going to find out on December 17th whether this was a good idea or not. Well, you know,
0: Dot took a pretty big beating over the downturn that we had uh, last week. And I think it's honestly a good thing because it's, you can get in, just get in earlier. You know, it was, it hit an all-time high around 55 uh, earlier uh, in November, and now it's down to like maybe 29 today. It was down even a little bit lower than that before that. Great. Good opportunity to buy. Because, you know, guys, the, these layer ones that we're talking about, and so it's like you have Ethereum, which is going to be the big daddy. I don't think Ethereum is going to get really flipped unless they truly fuck it up, because with first mover advantage, it's like you're not going to flip Coca-Cola unless they start poisoning people. You know? <laughs> so it's like, you know, so it's like, but... But what I think that we're trying to communicate here is that we're betting on the whole industries. I am kind of agnostic with I don't I don't have like an Ethereum T-shirt like I'm, I'm a, I I want the whole industry to win. So what are the layer ones we have? I mean I guess Bitcoin is layer one, but that's not really programmable. We have Ethereum, Solana, Avalanche, Terra, which is which is Luna, uh, which holy shit I I had I knew a while ago about that and I didn't fuck with it and I'm mad now. Dot you know Cardano. Uh, but these are all layer ones, and these are all platforms for technologies to be built on. And there might be various reasons why a project like a video game or a metaverse or an NFT might choose to take these, might choose to build on these platforms or chains. But I think all of them, to a certain extent, are going to experience a lot of growth because these are the foundational pieces of the
1: blockchain. You know yeah absolutely absolutely uh the fund these are the fundamental building blocks of this entire thing so le- like we were talking about pr- portfolio-wise it's a good idea to have a diversified one uh with some layer ones with some smaller uh market cap coins such as metaverse or NF- nft plays some things like that yeah. so yeah just a little diversification will go a long way
0: and you know i, I kind of um i kind of cashed out my bitcoin i i had some and um you know i kind of just like well bitcoin will be there honestly like is that a bad strategy i feel like well bitcoin will be there it's not
1: moving that fast hey man see and these are the conversations that most people aren't having i mean because we want to stay agnostic we want to stay blockchain agnostic but at the same time it's like we got to keep it real i mean bitcoin like you said you can you can't really develop on top of it. Uh, so, like, look, it's the OG, it's the granddaddy. We'll pay our respects to it, but I mean, it's it, it's time for the it's time for the next one. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna do it. Yeah. I'm gonna do no, it. It's, well, it, you know, I got. Well, I have. I have a, a lot of friends,
0: especially a couple who are like Bitcoin maxis who who hold most of their wealth in Bitcoin. First of all, it sounds boring to me. That uh, was <laughs> no, very boring, but it's it, it's great. And you know, they're like, it's gonna be a million a coin. I'm like, maybe so, but. My, my strategy is if, if you're playing the smaller cap stuff or even like the mid tier stuff, that's layer one blockchains and you're going to get these big, you know, four or five X gains sometimes, then you can flip that money back into Bitcoin. If you're going to, if that's going to be your strategy, that's my strategy. Cause otherwise the money just stays there in Bitcoin because it's going to go between 50 and 70 this year. Great. I mean, at the beginning of the year, it was like around 20. Fantastic. Nice gains. Very nice. But is it going to hit 100 next year? I think it will rally to 100. It could, but it, you know, and it's a great performing asset. You know, when you when you when you compare it to like an average equity like a stock, I mean, it's crushing stocks. Uh there's a lot of volatility, but it's crushing it. But then when you look at some of these, I mean, shit, if we would have invested in Luna at the beginning of the year, put $10,000 in Luna. You know, everything, basically everything outperformed Bitcoin and all, all the altcoins
1: outperformed Bitcoin. It's true. It's true.
0: Um, Every single top 10, top 100 altcoin
1: outperformed Bitcoin. You know, it's interesting now. So almost it's like, it, yeah, yeah, it's almost the top 10s real- for sure. Oh, man, dude, I you want to hear about pain. I knew about Solana when it was like three bucks. Some people knew about it when it was at the beginning of the year. I think it was
0: like a dollar 50 or five, a dollar five, like one oh five. It's a lot of it's very painful. It's very painful, but that's why I'm looking at layer twos because phantom's $1. fifty right now, right? Well, y- you think about it like this, you know, and actually after this call, I'm going to do, I'm going to actually start to do some breakdowns. Like what are the popular layer twos on these layer ones? And I want to start mapping it out, but it's like, if you're betting on the industry, okay, here's my like first principles, web 3.0 is inevitable. Blockchain technology is inevitable. So that is one building block. If that's not the case, my whole thing's fucked. Uh, but if, if that's the case, if that's not going to happen, my strategy is out the <laughs> yeah, way. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but assuming that blockchain technology is here to stay, that's the first piece. And then you say, all right, well, blockchain technology has to be programmable, and so it has to have different blockchains. Now, at a certain point, they might converge. Some people are saying that the, all the, the blockchains are going to converge into one. Um, and you know, there there's that. What, what's that called? The singularity. The singularity, you know. I don't necessarily think that's true because I see blockchains also as brands. It's like saying all shoes will be one brand. It's like, I don't, I don't think so. And I think they're going to have all different functionalities and purposes. So that I'm not 100% uh, in, in accordance with. But if you take the, the top layer ones right now and say, all right, well, the industry as a whole is going to push these layer ones up in value because the industry is going that way and they're the top performing stocks in this class of assets. Then if they're all going up and the projects that are going on to these platforms are going up, then you have not only on these layer ones are going to increase, but then the biggest gains after that will be layer two, uh, protocols, which speed up the layer ones and the projects like video games and other things being built on the layer ones. So that's how I view it. And the cheaper, the cheap, the cheapest ones are going to be the layer twos and the projects being built on the layer ones. So those are, cause those are going to be the smallest caps. And then you want to identify what layer ones are out there. So layer ones, guys, we have Ethereum, Solana, AVAX, Terra, Cardano. What are some other layer? Polkadot. What are
1: some other layer ones? Oh, man. Those are like the those are like Those, the those are the big ones, ones, right?
0: Um, and I don't have any Lunia I haven't gotten any Luna because I've been angry. I, I hear you. I hear you that. <laughs> you know, I'm like, and it didn't even go down in the dip. I was waiting.
1: It It, it went up 20% in the dip. But, you know what, man? like I love it because it's showing the strength of these points i i- right like look, we missed out on the opportunity, but man, we are winning as overall, we are winning man as a as a as a community and and, and my
0: perspective probably isn't the best mindset because guess what. It's sixty dollars right now. So It's like fifty to sixty dollars, and I'm gonna be mad next year when it's two hundred, and I'll say I was being there stubborn. You go,
1: man. There man. And go. it's the same thing
0: because how many times in a situation have you learned about a coin early, and then you're like, "It's too late. It's too late." Too, I many, to the count, man. I the too many to Every count, man. Too many to count. Every single. One. I
1: don't want to make myself depressed,
0: you know. Like I, yeah, I would rather
1: stay in this this nice, comfy yeah, bubble, happy space.
0: <laughs> and I'll also say this. It's not just the future that I believe in. If you believe in the future that Mark Zuckerberg believes in, and he's putting so much money into this space, the space that Jack Dorsey believes in, both of their companies are now blockchain companies. Okay. Do you realize this? Uh, they're moving that direction. So they're, devo- they're devoting significant resources. I don't believe necessarily in Mark's vision for how he wants to make the metaverse, but the fact that he renamed his company Meta is going to give that term, so much more visibility because billions and billions of dollars are going to be pumped behind the word meta. And that's going to make coins pump. It's going to make the underlying layers and chains pump. Um, so it's going to bring up the whole industry, you know, just like Jack Dorsey left Twitter and he said, we're going to turn square into block, you know, so if you believe in the future that these guys believe in, then downstream, all those changes are going to take place. And you have to say, well, I'll just get involved. How much is, how much is Luna right now?
1: dude honestly right like i i'm a slow mover on that like
0: i'm a slow mover i'm a slow mover i I don't care i don't care it doesn't matter though it doesn't matter it's still early you know because they haven't even because it's like it's like we're speculating about is it too late they haven't even built any projects on luna yet it's not like they've actually done anything with it yet. it's just the ecosystem you know And, and isn't luna tied to tether
1: uh, wait, UST, is that on?
0: $74? Fuck! Yeah,
1: it it pumped in, (laughs) oh, yeah, yeah, it's, oh my goodness, dude, this is unbelievable, but. I
0: hate this. Someone told me about Luna on, the day before Thanksgiving, he's like, I heard this is going to pump, you need to get in, and I'm like, I'll check it out later, and I'm fucked now. What is this? It was, it was $37 on Thanksgiving. Fuck. I'm waiting. I'm
1: waiting. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. How much is it now? $72. Fuck! Yeah, incredible. Does, okay, real quick, is Terra Luna associated with, uh, UST? I thought it was, is it UST or USDT? Because if it's UST, dude, I'm gonna tell you right now, UST, you're gonna wanna, you're gonna wanna buy Terra Luna because I remember hearing about Terra Luna having, a a stable coin UST, I believe. I think, I think that's where we're, I don't think it's USDT, dude. I think it's UST. And if you stake that on Terra Luna's blockchain, it's an, it's like 20%. It's insane. Definitely look into that. Definitely.
0: I, I'm just so positive that if I buy today, I'm gonna lose money. I just know.
1: Okay, don't necessarily, okay, <laughs> don't buy into it, but do your research well i'm I'm
0: I'm talking i'm talking about yeah just yeah just luna i know it's gonna go down tomorrow as soon as i buy it it always goes down (laughs) (laughs) dude um oh yeah it's ust sir (sighs) okay so it's not tether that's good i thought it was usdt no oh god
1: no see that would be that would be crazy it's like why is it pumping if it's associated with tether which is yeah yeah you don't want to fuck with tether yeah 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 Uh, so luna
0: I'm gonna. I'll, I'll send you. Uh... I'll look at it. I'll look at it. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't really. Okay. Another way to think about this, guys, too. One, one thing I would think about when I think about um, like investing in the coins in general, and we'll 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 wrap this, you know, with, with a nice bow on it, is that I I do think about the the number of dollars that it's worth, but I also think about the number of coins I'm holding because in the future, one, we might not even be trading in dollars. You know, we might be trading purely in coins, and that's a different way of denomination. We might even be, there is a possibility that that in the future the US currency isn't even the primary global currency anyway. And there might even be a, you know, think about this. When you buy NFTs, you buy them in ETH. You don't buy them in dollars. So we might be buying other coins in denominations of other cryptos, you know. So so the dollar value is not as useful to a certain extent. And I think about it like if if I have 100 of X coin, if it continues to go up in value, it's just the bag that you're holding. You know, it's not, it's not like it will, it will be volatile, but you want to have as many of the coins as you can, you know, so that's kind of the way I'm thinking about it. Like, like when I look at like, you know, that's how I look at
1: it. No, man, uh, that's, a, that's, that's key. I would say that's a key principle Um, because people, people are saying, okay, I have this much Bitcoin, I have this much Ethereum, that equals this dollar amount, but you're not actually holding that dollar amount. So just remember you have, right? So that's the big thing that I think is a misconception. It's a broad misconception right now. Yeah, and and, in our portfolios,
0: you know, if you look on Coinbase or Shakepay, the way that they display it is in fiat because you need some sort of equivalent to look at it. So you say you have X amount of dollars in crypto, but really it might even be more useful to show the total allocation because they have to take all the cryptos and make it into one number. But really, what might be more useful, and I don't really have this on Coinbase, but I wish they did. I want to see a pie chart with the allocation. You know? I
1: have something for you, my friend. You have that? What's that? CoinStats. CoinStats. It's a What's beautiful that? app. Beautiful app. Um, I believe uh it, it's, it should be available for Android, of course, as well. Um, I have it on iPhone. It. If you get the premium version, there's also a free version, which is very, it's, it's very full functioning, uh, the free version, but the premium version is beautiful, man. Um, you get pie charts, you can, you can put everything into BTC, ETH, USD, CAD, any, any, any currency that, uh, any currency that you want. If you're from, uh, you know, Angola, you can put it in, the, in like, that dollar, whatever, what their native token, their, na- their native token, their native dollar. So, it, it's great, it's
0: great. Cool, check it out. Um, I mean, look—you know—we could we could dork out about it on this forever. You see, we
1: can go for a long time. Where can people learn more about the illustrious Neil Hawk? Um, so right now, uh, I'm available in two places. Uh, I have a website; it's uh, Neilhawk.com or .ca, and I also have an Instagram. Uh, it's Revolutionary underscore One. So R E B E L T I O. And A R Y underscore one we'll put it all in the show notes <laughs> hawk h-a-q-u-e yeah yeah
0: we'll put it in the show notes okay perfect <laughs> uh neil friend brother thank you so much for this episode thank you so much for having me appreciate it take care guys you on the next one Okay, my friends, that concludes today's episode. I really hope that you enjoyed my conversation with Neil. Like I said, I, I think one of the most important things is understanding that with sovereignty, you have options, right? When you can learn to do the majority of your financial transactions in crypto, it doesn't mean that you have to do that. It just means that you have the opportunity to uh, to change different systems in your life uh, in areas that specifically make more sense to you. So whether that is uh, you, you know creating a, a much better savings rate Uh, with a, with a high yield, something that's high yield, uh, which, uh, DeFi has many of these types of options or whether it's, uh, moving your money more quickly to pay business partners or to, uh, you know, to, to send the family overseas. These are all things that crypto can do that regular banking doesn't really do or can't really do right now. And it's important to understand the context that all these new technologies are developing. And so, uh, make sure that you stay tuned into not only this podcast, but also what I'm putting out on the blog. So you can go to newwaveentrepreneur.com and click on the first art, for the first link on that site. It says articles and podcasts. And that is my sub stack. It'll be taken to my sub stack. And the sub stack is an incredible place where I'm putting all this free content that I'm, that I'm, that I'm pushing out for you weekly and premium material. So behind the scenes stuff, uh, exclusive posts, um, uh, off the record podcasts, doing merch drops in there. We're also going to have a private discord community to get people, uh, basically, you know, on, on a, on a, on a need to know basis with the best community in the world for, um, for those who understand the coming changes and want to adapt to them, the new wave, new wave entrepreneurs. That's you. So if you are not a part of this Substack community, go ahead and join that now, uh, newwaveentrepreneur.com forward slash, well, I, I guess forward slash, uh, blog and, uh, and you can go there as well. So check it out guys, subscribe on Substack. This coming year, so in 2022, one of my big pushes is back onto YouTube. I feel like one of the reasons that, that it's hard to continually create so much good content is because you you have to get one channel rolling before the next channel. And that's why I spent, you know, the good, uh, the good piece of quarter four this year putting together this podcast, producing new episodes with really incredible guests, putting a lot of thought into the topics we want to talk about, because I feel like this is a good time to be having these important conversations now that we have this dialed in youtube is next so uh that's it look out for that uh if you are already on my email list fantastic if you're not already on that list go ahead and go to new dot and you can download one of my free guides and get on my list as well so that's it for this field today much love i will see you later this week on another episode of the new wave entrepreneur the water is warm and the tide is rising peace out